What's going on, Top Notch Sports fans, man? Coming back to y'all this morning, Monday morning, March 9th, with another episode, another podcast, man, with a NBA recap of this past weekend, man. Great games that went on. NFL topics. March Madness is here. College basketball topics, as well as a recap of UFC 248, Adesanya versus Romero, middleweight title fight. Hope y'all had a great weekend, man. We're going to get right into this episode after this intro, man. Let the instrument run as the usual. Thank y'all for tuning in once again, man. Be sure to spread the word this podcast out. Top-notch sports. Let's get it. All right, man, let's get right into it with uh, the NBA topic as usual. Um, this weekend, the Lakers had a good weekend starting Friday. Um, played the Bucks in L.A., Giannis versus LeBron, man. We've been, well, I've been waiting to see this matchup once again. Just off the fact that the way Giannis just took over the last time they played earlier in the season. And he signaled to his head, like, crown me. And that created a lot of things like, okay, is Giannis the best guy in the league? And is he taking the crown from LeBron? This is not a passing of the torch. Is he taking it? So I've been waiting to see these two teams play again. And I've been really itching to see LeBron play these top teams like the Lake, uh, excuse me, like the Clippers, like the Bucks again, because he's been criticized for not guarding the best player on the team and shying away from it. But we didn't see that Friday night against the Bucks. As we know, the Lakers did get the victory. Well, LeBron took it, you know what I'm saying? He took it to Giannis on the offensive end and the defensive end. Post him up, take him to the take him to the basket. Defense, you know, D'ing up, getting some stops. It was great to see that from LeBron because me, I've not really bought into the criticism that he has, you know, gotten for not guarding, you know, KD when they played the Warriors in the finals, not guarding. Giannis when they play the Bucks, not going Kawhi when they play the Clippers or PG or whatever the case may be, he's been criticized for that. But when you think about what LeBron is being asked to do on the offensive end, on defense, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. So you can't give just A plus effort on defense like we have seen from him in the past. And he's getting older, not saying that he's not as good as he was because we have not seen a player in year 17 playing at the level that LeBron James is playing it. <clears throat> but I I for one were I was very, very excited and very, very happy to see him take the challenge Friday night against Giannis, as well as take the challenge against Kawhi and the Clippers Sunday. They got two big wins, man. They got two big wins over these two top teams. And I was loving, loving the competition, the level of play. Both of them had playoff intensely playoff atmosphere. It was chippy. Friday night against the Bucks, chippy Sunday afternoon against the Clippers, and I loved it, man. It was it was great basketball to see. Two great games. But, you know, the Lakers are really, really starting to show their potential, show their championship, you know, pedigree. And it raises a question of are the Lakers, are the Lakers the best team in the NBA right now? Coming from me, I do believe that they are. With these two big wins, from what they've done against everybody else, good teams, bad teams, doesn't matter, they're winning. Of course, the Bucks have the best record in the league, but the Lakers, it's something different about when you watch the Lakers play. I mean, they're dominating guys. They're they're dominating guys, and me, I still, me, I was, I, I've always been skeptical of the Lakers roster. And if you pay attention and if you listen to my podcast, you know I've always felt that way about their roster matching up against the Clippers and, you know, other top teams like the Bucks and the Raptors. You know, they don't have that depth. They lack that depth. Of course, they added Markeith Morris. They um, just added Deion Waiters. He has, you know, yet to play. But still, you know, that's some good pickups. But it still doesn't match up the depth of a Clippers team who have Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris. Uh, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell. Um, I'm hearing that they're thinking about signing Joe Kim Noah. 
that depth that that team has is on a complete different level when you think about the you know the Bucks when you got Pat Connaughton and Kyle Korver and uh, George Hill. Uh, you got these vets and versatile players coming off the bench. The Lakers pretty much lack that. But when you look at these last few games they've played, you've seen guys like Avery Bradley step up, KCP, of course, Dwight has always stepped up. Now you're seeing more from them. Mark, you know, Markeith Morris has given them good minutes uh, since he's been there. I'm loving what I'm seeing from the Lakers right now, and they are proving me wrong with, you know, with their depth. The two-man game with AD and LeBron proved to be very, very successful, very, very exciting to watch, and it's just, it's effective. The first few games, the Bucks and the Clippers, it wasn't as effective as when they played teams like the Mavericks or they played teams like um, the Raptors or something like that. But when you see how they've progressed and how they're working through it and they're making it better, they're going to be tough to beat. Then you got guys like Avery Bradley who had a big game Sunday afternoon defensively and offensively knocking down big shots. They're going to be tough to beat because LeBron is going to do LeBron things. Same thing with AD. But when you have that third guy, which is what they have been missing, to step up and step in and, you know, make big shots and be productive and be effective, they're going to be tough to beat. It's one of the things that I've always said about the Bucks. Giannis, is, he's really missing that second star. When they when they matched up against the, against the Lakers this past Friday, Giannis was missing that second star. Of course, uh, I believe his name is DiVincenzo. He had a pretty big game off the bench, 17, 19 points. Um, I would like to see him get more minutes in the uh, future. But Chris Middleton, his all-star teammate, was not there. He had 12 points. So that could be the downfall for Milwaukee come playoff time if Giannis doesn't have that second superstar because he cannot do it all by himself. He can't win a ring all by himself. He he has to have that second superstar or maybe sometimes even that third guy to step up. When you look at a team like the Clippers, when you have Kawhi and PG, they can lean on a guy like Montrez Harrell. They can lean on a guy like Lou Williams. They can lean on a guy like a Marcus Morris, Landry Shamit, some of these guys to give them good minutes, good, you know, good good points, good production, whether it's on offense or defense. That's what the Bucks are missing. And with the way LeBron has played recently, averaging over the last nine games of about 30, 31, 10 assists, 8 rebounds, shooting 56%, shooting 74 from uh, the free throw line, about 40 from three. Is LeBron the MVP? I believe so. I don't like how the best team record determines if you are the MVP. I felt LeBron was the MVP his last year in Cleveland. I feel like LeBron is the um, league MVP right now. Yes, the Bucks have the best record, but when you look at what LeBron is doing, you take that away from that Lakers team, they clearly are not even the best team in the league. They might, they may not even be a playoff team if you take LeBron away from that offense. Same thing for the Bucks, you know. Same thing with Giannis. But what LeBron is asked to do offensively, defensively, be a leader, you know, he's the key component of the Lakers' success. Without LeBron, they are nothing. Without the, without LeBron, they are nothing. And the way that he has played year 17, averaging, averaging these type of numbers, leading the league in assists, his team is the best uh, team in the West, just beat the Bucks, just beat the Clippers. How are you not, like, how can you not be, how can you not be, impressed by what LeBron has done in year 17, 35 playing at this high of a level, still being considered best player in the league MVP, all of these things you didn't get this from Jordan you didn't get this from Kobe, Kareem LeBron's longevity his longevity is so, so key to why he is just still playing at this high of a level in my opinion, LeBron is the MVP. A lot of teams are still picking the Bucks or the Clippers to win it all, but from what I've seen against the Bucks, from what I've seen against the Clippers, I'm still leaning towards the L.A. Lakers.
knowing how LeBron raises his level of play come playoff time, that playoff intense that he brings, that championship pedigree that he brings, that winning mentality that he brings, the rest of his guys are going to be filled with that. He's the ultimate team leader, ultimate team player. So, of course, his guys are going to raise their level of play as well. Not to mention they have a Rajon Rondo who has championship pedigree. He's experienced. And those two guys leading the way, Dwight Howard, a veteran of the game. He's played in the finals before. They're going to raise the level of their teammates, of a young guy like a Kuzma, a Caruso, a vet like Avery Bradley can still raise his level of play, KCP. Just wait till Deion Weathers gets on the floor because I've said that they, that they are missing a guy who can get his own shot in that offense. Deion Weathers can get his own shot. And what people fail to realize, when Deion Weathers is focused, when he's locked in, he is an NBA player. This is not a G League player. He's an NBA player. He was a top pick in his draft class for a reason. Deion Weathers can ball. Streaky player, but he can ball. And what he own, oh, he own. He's on. So when they get Deion Weathers to play, he stays healthy. He stays focused. I'm pretty sure he's happy playing in L.A. He was happy to get out of the situation with Miami where he thought that he was going to be a starter. They get this young talent in, and he became an afterthought. Playing alongside LeBron again. Everybody who plays with LeBron is better. I like what I've seen from Kuzma. If you know me, you know I'm not a real big fan of Kuzma. I'm not a big fan of him, but I like how he's how he's learning his role. Hustle man. Offensive rebounds. When we pass to you, we need you to knock down. You know, he's been doing that these last few games. And I feel like he's only going to get better. I hope he does. But the Lakers are the my favorites to win the NBA title this year. Mark my words on that. The Lakers are my favorites to win the NBA title, and I believe that they will win the NBA title this year. Remember this, March 9th. Remember all my previous episodes. The Lakers have always been my favorite favorites to win the NBA title, and I do believe that they will. So we shall see. This is the second half of the season. Intense is going to kick in. It's going to kick, you know, it's, it's really every team – are kicking into high gear. Look at those teams that's in the race for that eighth seed. Grizzlies, Portland, the Spurs, the Pelicans. Those the, those teams want that spot. Memphis wants to hold down that spot, but you got Portland who want to get that spot. They get Nurkic back this week. Dame is back. You still got Melo over there. CJ, can they take that eighth seed? But it's going to be tough for whoever gets that eighth seed because you have to run into the Los Angeles Lakers. Dallas, Dallas is in that in that seventh seed when they were a fifth seed, sixth seed team. I need Dallas. I need my hometown city to get the ball back rolling. Luca and KP, let's get some more wins. We gotta play better at home. You get some home wins, you get that fifth or sixth seed because teams who are gonna sit in that seventh and eighth seed are in trouble because you're gonna have to see one of those LA teams. I do believe that the Mavs can hang with either team. But I don't think that they can beat teams, you know, beat those two teams. But if I see them matched up with a Denver or a Houston or a Utah, I can see Dallas upsetting them. I can see Dallas upsetting them in five, six, or seven games within that range. Teams like Denver, Houston, with a small body has worked some in some games this regular season, but come playoff time. I, I just don't believe in a small ball that Houston is trying to win games with. Of course, it has been effective spacing the floor out for Westbrook and Harden to get to the middle of the uh, court, get to the rim. Westbrook has played phenomenal as well since they've made that change. But is it going to be enough to win playoff games to get your, get your team to the finals and win? Because that's the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate goal. I do not believe that that small ball will be effective come playoff time to win through a seven game series I would love I mean the, the, the west is heating up the east my teams coming out of the east that you know besides the Bucks, the teams that present a challenge to them in my opinion Miami Heat, Boston Celtics 
not too much sold on the Raptors. I, I'm not too much sold on the Raptors completely shutting Giannis down. I think if Giannis was to see them again, I believe that he will be able to beat them. They have been very, very, very effective and great without Kawhi this year. They've shown that they can still win games. But Toronto was a good team before Kawhi got there too. And they came up short. So we have yet to see what they can do. I love what I'm seeing from Boston, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Haywood. My only thing about Boston is can they stay healthy come playoff time? They can stay healthy. I believe their offense can be enough to be the Bucks team with Miami, the zone that they run, they force turnovers, the shooters that they have. Tyler, you know, a young guy like Hero who hasn't been playing, he's been hurt, Myers Leonard, Duncan Robinson. Hustle plays of a Kendrick Nunn and a Jimmy Butler and a Derrick Jones, a Iggy. You know, they have a pretty good, complete team. And then Bam Adebayo, who, who plays at a very high level. I was excited when Miami picked him up in the draft that year. I said that's the best thing that they could have did was pick up a Bam Adebayo, get you, you know, get you a solid centerpiece, a center who can score from the inside outside. He can defend. I love it. I love what Bam brings to that Miami Heat team. It's going to bring issues and trouble for teams that they have to play come playoff time because that's a young team that can run. They can run. And they got guys who can hit big shots. They got vets over there. They got a, a good mixture of young guys and vets. But I'm loving what I'm seeing post-All-Star uh, break. So NBA season is looking very good. It's heating up very, very nicely. Glad to see Steph back. It's going to suck not to see him in the playoffs, but glad to see Steph back, you know, to end the season. I'm pretty sure he's going to put up some crazy numbers in the season, but I'm glad to see Steph back. But, we, man, we we shall see. Like I said, man, mark my words, I do believe the Lakers will end this season with the NBA title. Coming up next, man, NFL topic. Uh, is the Brady and Belichick era done? We'll look into that coming up next. So we know that the Brady and Belichick era is in question right now. It's in question. And if it's one thing that they've been able to do is win. We know that Tom Brady has six Super Bowl rings. And of course, you know, he's, he, he's going to want to win. He said he, he, doesn't, he doesn't plan on watching the Super Bowl in a blazer come next season. So it... It's very surprising to me that the New England Patriots are they are inviting Brady to enter free agency. I've always stood by if a, if your team in the NFL, if your team is willing to allow you to enter free agency, to listen to offers from other teams, then they are not afraid to lose you. Granted, Tom is 42. They may want to look towards the future, you know, their future quarterback. But it's just, it, it, it blows my mind that they are, in my opinion, I feel that they are okay if they do lose Tom right now. A lot of people feel that, okay, he's 42. He's not going to stick around too much longer. You know, we know Tom wants to play until he's 45. He wants another ring. But can we really picture and see TB12 somewhere else? in another team's jersey besides the Patriots. Now, from what I've researched, what I've looked at, I know it's four teams who, you know, make a good chance to get a Tom Brady. New England, of course, being one of them. You know, um, probably like a three- or four-year deal that secures him for the next three to four years if he wants to play till he's 45, if he wants to play an extra year when he's 46. Of course, it's going to be, you know, good money there. Over twenty million. New England, in my opinion, is still a front runner to get Tom Brady. But you know, Chargers team may be uh, looking at Tom as well. No, Philip Rivers. He has already said that he does not want to come back. You get a Brady there. You got good weapons around him. You have a Keenan Allen, a Hunter Henry, a tight end. You just signed Austin Eckler uh, back. Do you? You know, are you going to sign Melvin Gordon back? We have to see, but. You know, that's a good solid team with a uh, a good defense as well. 
Of course, you add a Super Bowl winning quarterback like Tom Brady, you know, you're going to be a favorite to win. Tampa Bay, we've seen what Jameis Winston could, see, uh, could do with that receiving core. Of course, you know, their defense is pretty good. I, I'd like to see some things pick up there, but, you know, do they want Jameis Winston back? Can they pay Brady big bucks and convince him to come to Tampa Bay? We have to see, you know. I'm not sure if they can be, you know, a potential land, you know, a high potential landing spot for Tom. Uh, me, I do not believe that that's intriguing enough for Tom Brady. Tennessee is another team. Of course, Tannehill did his thing. They did their thing this year, Derrick Henry and things like that. But they've already expressed interest that, you know, some of those players would love to play with Tom Brady. Receivers would love to play with Tom Brady. Tennessee shocked everyone this year by whooping up on my Baltimore Ravens, getting to the conference championship against the uh, Chiefs, who went on to win the Super Bowl. But they looked very, very good, man. So... We have yet to see, I believe, in the next two, maybe three months, is the Brady-Belichick era over. I, for one, would not like to see that end. You know, I, I can't see Brady anywhere else but in a Patriots uniform. You know, I would I, I will, I will love to see him go back there and try to get a win there again. But it's up to them to give him options on offense. We know what the defense is capable of. You know, you got probably the best corner in the game over top. Got the McCourty twins. Uh, maybe fill some holes with the linebacker uh, core, but the the biggest goal besides getting Tom Brady is give him some weapons to throw to. Give him a tight end to throw to. He he, he doesn't have a Josh Gordon anymore. Element didn't look as good this year. He needs weapons to throw to. He needs receivers to throw to. That's what Tom needs. If they want to keep Tom, they have to bring – I believe New England has to bring something more than, Tom, you've been here. You're a loyal guy. This is your home. He wants to win. And clearly, the defense is what allowed them to win a lot of games this year. Now, if you give Brady a weapon or two with what he has already, with an Edelman, James White, Sonny Michelle, throw him another receiver in there. That can catch four or five passes, 60, 70 yards a game, something like that. And a tight end who can secure first um, first downs for him. Tom can move the offense regardless, but he needs weapons. So I believe if New England wants to keep Tom Brady there, you have to entice him with the weapons that you're going to surround him with. Another big thing, man, uh, I believe the uh, Cowboys offered Dak. A contract. I'm not sure. I, I I've heard. I'm not sure what the what the offer is. I would like to see that sometime soon. But um, I like that Dallas is not allowing Dak to enter free agency because they know they don't want to lose him. But I do not like the fact that Jerry and those guys are uh, more than hesitant to pay him. Okay, he didn't have the best end to the season, but. Dak played 110% every game he was out there. Some games didn't go his way, but he played 110%. I like Dak. I like Zeke. I like those guys over there. I'm not a, you know, I'm from Dallas, but a lot of people know I'm not a Cowboys fan. But I give credit when credit is due. I do not believe Zeke played 110% every game. I, I, that's how I feel. But I believe Dak did, and that's why I do believe that he deserves some money you know i do believe that he deserves to get paid because he's he, he's played 110 percent every game zeke has had his issues off the field and this year when you look at what he did on the field it was up and down up and down up and down up and down you know i remember sitting up talking with family members some of my friends my homeboys big cowboy fans they'll tell you real quick zeke Top three running back in the game. Might be the best running back in the game. Now, last year, my argument was Ty Gurley. He didn't... I didn't like what I seen from Gurley this year. The year before that, you know, a lot of us believe it was Le'Veon Bell. But it's another guy who goes by the name of Christian McCaffrey. I do believe that he has solidified his spot as the best running back in the league. I don't think Zeke 
did that at all. He didn't do that to solidify himself. Chris McCaffrey separated himself this year. Zeke got paid good money, great money, and didn't play to it. He played like somebody who didn't deserve that money. The way I seen him play against the Rams is the way I see the way I would like to see him play. Okay, let's say if Zeke plays a full season, I would like to see that play ten to twelve games out of the season because of course you're gonna run into some teams that can stop you, some teams that can you know create problems for you. But I didn't see big games from Zeke this year, and that was an issue. The fact that he got paid didn't play to that money. That deserves to get paid. We have yet to see if Jerry and those and 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 that Dallas front office will pay him. Because you got to think about Coop is still out there. Do you want to bring Dez back? Do you want another weapon for him to throw it? How much will you pay Coop? Are you willing to lose Amari Cooper? I don't think they're willing to lose Dak. I'm not sure if they want to pay him big money or if they want to tag him and then pay him next year. We have yet to see, man. These next two to three months. And football will be very, very interesting. I've heard that the um, the Bills have signed Josh Norman. Hopefully that um, works out for him. <laughs> the last two years, man, Josh Norman has been warm, buttery toast for receivers that he lines up against. Receivers have manhandled and torched him, given him the business, <laughs> gave him that work. So uh, let's see if the Bills can put a scheme together that can – benefit him and them and you know hopefully win games that look uh real good this year and last on our nfl topic man i would like to uh hear everybody's thoughts on this who is the best receiver in the star-studded 2020 class man it's a lot a lot of talented receivers of course jerry julie cd lamb justin jefferson um being you know those top guys that 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 people are going to look at but i would like to hear who everybody else feels is the best receiver out of this draft class uh me i like cd lamb man i love cd lamb just off the fact that number one he passes the eye test he passes the eye test, and to me, I feel like he has the full package. Great route runner, great set of hands, fast receiver. You know, of course, Judy is that as well. You know, Jerry Judy is that as well. But Judy, I believe, is a more explosive when he gets the ball. More of a, you know, um, man, he comes off. His release is fantastic, but... With me, with CeeDee Lamb, it's just he can do it all. Short routes, mid-routes, deep ball, he can do it all. And I, I, me, I just love what I see from CeeDee Lamb. And I'm hoping that the Cardinals take him, therefore match him up with his, you know, with Kyler Murray. That gives Kyler Murray a target to throw it. But, you know, of course, you still got Michael Pittman Jr. He's pretty good to me as well. I have to see a little bit more. I didn't watch too many of his games. But I use this time before draft, after, you know, the combine, things like that, to really look at, you know, top five, top ten players in their position, trying to see where, you know, they will fall in the draft. And, I, you know, I take my own scouting reports and what I see from T. Higgins as well with Clemson. Very, very good receiver. I would like to know everybody else's thoughts on who's the best receiver in this draft class. I know I did an Instagram poll few weeks back and uh it was very very mixed man when i asked who was better out of judy and uh cd lamb i know at one point the judy fans were more of you know yeah judy it was probably like six four judy and then by the end of the day may have been seven six for cd lamb or seven six for jerry judy but of course we know that the top two receivers out of this class is uh julian lamb but what justin jepson did at the combine i, th I believe he ran a four four or 4-2, um, can't remember off top what he ran, but I believe with what he did at the combine solidify himself as a first-round pick. would like to see what team would take Justin Jefferson. I would love to see that because he's a you know solid receiver. He can run. Great deep ball threat. I believe whatever team gets him, 
I think he will fit whatever scheme very, very well. You know, so love to see uh and hear who you guys think is the best receiver about this uh draft class. But next man is that my first time doing college basketball, uh, due to the fact that I'm very, very interested in March Madness this year. I'm always interested in March Madness, but I would like to see, you know, who comes out on top. And that's what we're gonna talk about with the next topic. College basketball, NCAA, men's college basketball, March Madness is here. Here we go. All right, man, as promised, our college basketball segment for the first time on the Top Notch Sports Podcast, man. Uh, like I said, man, March Madness is here. And this is, I believe everybody knows whether you are an NBA fan or, or a real solid college basketball fan, you watch college basketball more than the NBA or if you're a mixture of both, you know that March Madness is. It is what the title is. It's madness, man, because you got guys who set up their brackets, and things like that, you got people who want their perfect brackets. Me, I, I believe this year probably my first time really looking into like actually making my own bracket. Um, but man, March Madness is madness. You know, people brackets are turned upside down every year. Some people can finish all the way through, but with the way the season has went this year, I've always been a Duke guy. I've always been a Duke guy, and. Uh, Duke is not even the top five team this year, uh, which brings me, you know, a little bit of sadness. But when you see what, you know, Kansas has done, Gonzaga, uh, Florida State, Baylor, um, Kentucky have looked, you know, okay. Um, I was really ex expecting Duke to be a top five team, but they are a top ten team. They are the number ten team. Um, I'm not sure if I want to take Duke to win it all, though. You know, those are my guys, but I'm not sure if I want to take Duke to win it all. Me, I'm 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 leaning more towards a Gonzaga, honestly. Uh Gonzaga or Kansas, of course, a lot of people are gonna choose those those two because they are the top two teams. But I'm leaning more towards Gonzaga, man. I I, I like what I see from them. Um haven't really caught too many of Kansas games, but I've heard very, very good things about them. But I'm just real interested to you know, to also hear who people believe is the best team in college basketball right now. Of course, the rankings will tell you it's Kansas. But me, I believe that Gonzaga is. Me, uh, Dayton is number three. Florida State is number four. I believe Baylor is better than Florida State, and they're sitting number five. You know, uh, San Diego State uh, and uh, Kentucky are some solid teams. San Diego sitting at six. Kentucky sitting at eight. I believe Kentucky can, you know, be a top five team as well. You know, um, Villanova. Just sitting outside the top ten, Louisville is a sleeper, man. Uh, I believe Louisville can beat some of the uh, these teams. I've I've caught more Louisville games than anything, honestly. Uh, of course, I watch my Duke games, but I've seen more of Louisville than anything. I like what I see from uh, Jordan Noor and those guys. I believe they can be a team that can you know really turn some some college brackets upside down. But I like to uh, hear what people feel are you know their top teams in March Madness me um only thing that has always has always confused me about college basketball and that is because I've I've I watch it but I've never paid too much attention to it to know how you know the brackets are set up and the rankings you know how those type of things you know go down um this is really like my these last two years have been my first year of really just, like, really wanting to pay attention to see how everything goes down, watch the entire March Madness. Of course, I have before, but it was at a young age. You know, me, I just sitting there watching, you know, basketball, you know, so. But this time around, I would like to catch every game if possible, you know, because college basketball has always been very, very exciting to me because it's it's very unpredictable. It's very unpredictable by the rankings, and then when you get to March Madness, one you know one game you lose that game, you know you're out. So, I believe that's what makes college basketball so entertaining when this, you know, when it's around this time. Everybody looks forward to March. Everybody has their top team, you know, their favorite college basketball team. Same thing with college football, uh, but. You have your team and you're hoping that they push through all the way and it gets you 
like when you're watching these games, you're on the edge of your seat all the time because it's one game. It's one game. You got, you know, you have one game banking on your entire season, your entire, you know, college bracket. The way we feel about game sevens in the NBA is the way we feel about just one game in college basketball. And it's, you know, so many rounds, you know, you want your team to make the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 and the Final Four, and then, you know, of course, win it all. It's that excitement and that nervousness. You know, sometimes, you know, me watching it, I get butterflies watching it when I'm watching my teams. I remember uh, one year I, I liked the Louisville team of Peyton Siva and Russ Smith and those guys, and it was so much riding on that season because they wanted to do it for Kevin Ware. And, man, I, I, man that's probably one of my, you know, Best college basketball seasons to me. I love what I seen that year from March Madness. It was great games, and then the final, I mean the championship game with Trey Burke and those guys. Michigan looked absolutely amazing. I remember my brother was rooting for Michigan. I was rooting for Louisville. But the older I get, the more that I'm, you know, understanding of college basketball. Um, I'm not doing this just to be doing this. You know, I am a sports guy, but from here on out, I want to do more college segments. So and. Another thing that I also want to do is um, I want to, you know, have more guests on, of course. But I want you guys to, you know, reach out to me. Let me know what you guys want to hear. Because I'm doing this not just for myself. I'm doing this for you guys, too, because I want to put good information out for everybody else. But I also want to, you know, talk about things and, you know, have everybody interested. I want to talk about things that you guys are interested in besides my own NBA topics or my own NFL topics or, or my own, you know, combat sports topics, whether it's boxing or MMA. You know, I want you guys to let me know. And I I believe what I've heard that college basketball is something that people want to hear about. So, therefore, there will be more college basketball. But, you know, you guys let me know what you guys want to hear. I want you guys to be, you know, more, you know, I wouldn't say hands-on, but more. Let me know, you know, I'm... I post this on my Facebook. I post this on my Snapchat and my Instagram and things like that. Let me know what you guys like, what you don't like, because, you know, I, I do believe that we're all in this together. You know, we are. Everybody that tunes in, I, I, I don't know personally, you know, besides my family, but as far as my friends who, you know, listen to the podcast, we're all a family. So please let me know, you know, what you guys like and don't like. You know, I won't take anything personal, you know, because... Like I said, man, we are a family, and I'm trying to make this podcast the best podcast out there. Lit, like, seriously, I want to make this podcast the best one out there. So whatever you guys want to hear, don't want to hear, what you guys feel will make this podcast better, please let me know. This is the first college basketball topic segment, and it will be much, much more. I hate that I'm doing this so late, you know, around March Madness time, but we know March Madness stretches out. March Madness is madness. March Madness is intriguing. It's interesting. So it, it will be big topics. And I, I promise to next time I bring a college segment, I want somebody to be here to also talk college basketball with me. But coming up next, the last segment of the episode, man, um, it's a UFC segment. Alessandro Romero just happened this past Saturday as well as a instant classic title fight uh, between the Chinese UFC strawweight champion Zhang Li and a former champion Yoana Yeon Jacek. It was a great fight, man. If you didn't see it, please, 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 please go check that fight out. It was, it was absolutely amazing, but that, that one's coming up next. All right, as promised, the UFC segment, the last segment of this episode, man, and uh, UFC 248 just happened this past weekend. Me, I was very, very disappointed to watch the, you know, to watch the end of this pay-per-view, man. Uh, I was really looking forward to Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero, hoping it would be, you know, a pretty exciting fight. Uh, but it was not that. It was a snooze fest. Uh, Adesanya did win the fight uh, by decision. But it wasn't entertaining at all, man. You know, it, it had literally small moments throughout the whole fight. Um... But other than that, man, it was more of, you know, these guys moving around, staring at each other. Didn't much happen. And not only myself, but fans all across the world and, you know, Dana White and these guys, guys who are in the middleweight division, are disappointed by this fight. 
because we've seen Israel Adesanya as the next big star. You know, this is his first side of defense, and we expect and against Yoel Romero, a freak of nature. At that, we expected um, a pretty exciting fight by Israel being the marksman he is as a striker. You know, can he catch Romero coming in? And then Yoel being that guy that loves you to sleep and then can, you know, explode at any time. We didn't see much of that at all this fight. Uh, and it was very, very disappointing. When you watch the entire card, man, you know, we're seeing these knockouts and things like that. Then the co-main event, Zhang Weili and Joanna, like I said, man, that was an instant, cla instant classic. They went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for five rounds, you know. Tough fight to score. I did believe that Joanna would get the belt back, but Zhang Weili, she, man, she was game, you know. She was game to be fighting somebody like Joanna, who's a former champion, who knows what it takes to win. Man, that fight was... Oh, me, I, I truly believe it's the best women's MMA fight ever. They have the crown for that. You know, they 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 literally brought the house down. It was nonstop action. Stand, you know, stand and bang, rock, rock them, sock them, robots. It was great. You know, I love watching that fight, but to see the main event be a snooze fest was, it, it, it was a big letdown, you know, um, me, even with the snooze fest, even with Israel landing the leg kicks and things like that, I like what I've seen from Yoel. You know, uh, I hate that Yoel has been on the wrong side of some title fights. That may have been his last one, even at 42 years old, to see that he's getting better. I hope that it's not. Uh, but I would, I feel like if he would have pressed action a little bit more, I do believe he won the first round because I, I feel he landed the bigger shots in the first Second round is up in the air. I do believe Izzy won three and four. In the fifth, I would like to say Yoel got that round uh, because he looked more engaged. He looked like he want you know want to actually fight. Um, me, I probably would score the draw honestly. Uh, but I knew that if that if that fight would score the draw, it would uh, you know put a pause on the division because Paulo Costa was a guy who who was legit supposed to get that title fight that Romero just got, but he was injured. But he's ready to fight. You know, we're hearing that he's getting the next top shot for sure. Uh, he and Izzy have bad blood. They don't like each other, so I would like to see that fight. But this fight right here was a huge letdown. And I hope that Adesanya's second title fight, which most likely is going to be against Costa, I hope it's much more fireworks than this one. And I hope that he can bounce back from this because the fans were blowing. Fans did not like what they've seen. Uh, this past weekend, and it sucked. You know, it legit sucked to watch that fight uh, play out the way they did. But at least we can say that the fights previously, before the main event, were absolutely exciting. Knockouts, submission wins, back and forth action for a title fight. You know, two women who, you know, were just literally landed all out there, you know, fighting. You know, leaving everything in the octagon. That's exactly what they did. I would love to see that fight a second time. <laughs> you know, I would love to see those two running back. I would like to see Yoana get a fight before she gets a immediate title fight. But, you know, or I would like to see Jean Weili get another title defense but she, you know, before she fights Yoana again. But I truly believe that they'll see each other again by just the fact that how exciting it was, how they matched up before the fight. You know, everybody was intrigued by it anyway. But I would love to see them running back. Uh, me as a fight fan, I chose Joanna to win. I did believe that her championship, you know, pedigree, her championship mindset, you know, knowing that she knows how to win a fight will, you know, push her to the finish. I did believe that she won the fight. But Zhang Weili was very, very game. She defended her belt. She's still a ground. I, you know, my, I take my hats off to both of them. It was a great fight. Like I said, man, if you had, if you didn't catch it, please go watch that fight. If you are a fight fan, you know, even if you're not a fight fan. And you've seen a few fights. If you want to see a good fight, a back-and-forth fight, if you're a, a fan of toe-to-toe -to -toe action, Zhang Weili versus Yoana Yeon Jacek is a fight to watch. I'm, I'm telling you. But UFC 248 was good. Could have been better. But um, I was not, you know, too much disappointed. You know, uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley came back. Prelims. He was a headline of the prelims on ESPN. He came back with a vengeance. It's great to see him back. 
he gets the finish. We'd like to see him rise up the bantamweight uh, ranks and uh, hopefully get a title uh, fight soon. But now we look forward to the future, man. UFC 248 is behind us, and now we got UFC 249. And I believe fight fans all over the world are praying and hoping that this fight goes through. It's Khabib. No, you know what? I, I, I told myself that I was going to say his name correctly from here on out. Habib. <clears throat> Habib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson. Hands down the two best lightweights in the world in the UFC. And fans have been itching and, and you know for this fight for the last three to four years. All the times they've been you know signed to fight and injuries have happened and things like that that forced this fight not to happen. I believe this is the fourth or fifth time that the UFC has have booked this. Me, I have a good feeling about it this time. I, I truly believe that um, they're going to fight. I truly believe they're going to fight. And I cannot cannot wait to see Tony and Habib fight uh, for the UFC lightweight strap. It's hands down the two best lightweights in the world. If they do not fight, I would not. I would recommend that Dana White and Sean Shelby and all those guys in UFC management not even book this fight anymore if they can't get to the fight this time around. But it doesn't matter. You know, fans are going fans are going to be interested in this fight, especially this time. You know, we 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 really want to see them fight with Habib defeating Poirier in his last fight, defeating Conor before the end of win the belt against Ally Quinta, Tony Ferguson being the interim champion when he beat Kevin Lee and then being stripped of it. Beating Cowboy in his last fight, you know, he had the nasty injury, came back, beat uh, Pettis. You know, these guys are on big, big win streaks. I mean, Khabib, you know, Habib is 28-0. Tony's riding like a 12 or 14 fight win streak. I just know he has a lot of wins. One of these guys have to lose come fight night, you know. So, I'd like to see how Tony um, deals with the wrestling. You know, can he stay on his feet even if he gets down, you know, Tony's crazy off his back, nasty elbows, jujitsu guy. He creates scrambles. The question is, is Habib ready for all that? Because we know that he gets guys down, and as he says, he mauls them. He keeps them down. He beats them up. <clears throat> Eager to see what Tony has in store for the UFC lightweight champion when the fight hits the ground and what Habib has in his game plan as far as standing up with Tony because he's a long-ranging uh, lightweight or like a 76 inch reach advantage crazy elbows crazy strikes unorthodox it's gonna be a great great fight man you know um if you are a fan of mma you know that this is a very 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 good fight you know so i cannot wait next month ufc 249 habib versus tony uh that's next man you know i would love to see what Connor's doing next uh i'm hearing I'm hearing Justin Gaethje, you know, um, that's a great fight. You know, I truly believe that the top five lightweights in the world, two fight next month. The other two, Conor McGregor, Justin Gaethje, and the number five guys, Dustin Poirier. But it's so, so many great guys. So, so many top fighters in that 155-pound weight class when you look at Hooker. Hooker just beat Felder. Um, he's a top guy. You still have Ally Quinta. You still have Kevin Lee. You know, uh, a lot of people may not consider him a, a top lightweight, but I still consider Anthony Pettis a top lightweight in the world. People know when they fight Pettis, they know that they're fighting a former champion. So he's still a top lightweight in the world today. Um, not sure if Paul Felder is calling it quits, but Paul Felder is a guy that I like to see at, at 55 as well. You know, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. 55 is, that's an endless... Time, you know that, that that's an endless line of fighters that can fight each other, and that's what they've been doing. I would love to see um, either Conor fight Gaethje next at 55. I would like to see Conor uh, rematch Poirier because he's gotten so much better since he lost to Conor uh, back in 2015. Wow, any either of these guys can fight. You know, uh, Dustin can fight Cowboy. Uh, Dustin can really fight uh, Hooker. Um, Hooker wants uh, DP. He's been calling him out. He asked him if that was enough for him to fight him. I believe that that is enough for Poirier to fight Hooker next. Um, I would love to see that fight happen, man. I believe that, that should be the next fight for Dustin Poirier. I believe he wins that fight. He may be a title shot away again. Maybe one fight away from a title shot. Gaethje. 
Connor. If Gage can get past Connor, I do believe he should be just the top, you know, the next guy up for whoever wins it, like Khabib and Tony. But the UFC lightweight division has always been hot, and it's only getting hotter uh, with the way that it's heating up, man. Uh, if Connor decides to fight at 70 still, you know, he has options. He has Masvidal, he has Usman, Kobe Covington. If he fights Gaethje at 70, you know, who knows? <clears throat> he may can get that fight with Rafael Dos Santos that he wanted back in 2016. He can fight RDA at 70. Uh, for Gaethje, I believe if he can't get the Connor fight, I believe he should just wait it out. Wait it out, see who wins uh, uh, Tony and Habib next, and I believe he should be the next guy up. I know that Dana and Sean Shepard, those guys, favor Connor. I love Connor. He's my favorite UFC fighter. But I don't think Connor deserves the next shot after beating Cowboy. I believe it's Justin Gaethje. You know, he, he he's put in the work. He's put in the fights. He's put in the, you know, the top wins, finishing Cowboy, finishing James Vick. You know, he's proved himself as a top lightweight and a title contender, hands down. So, I would love to see that. Uh, of course, uh, we also got a uh, bantamweight uh, title fight. Henry Cejudo, Triple C, taking on the King of Rio, Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo, however you want to say it. I would like to see that fight uh, with Jose's last fight, knowing that he lost against Marlon Moraes. I felt he won that fight. I felt the, the decision was terrible. But I do like that the UFC has awarded Henry. You know, Henry called out Jose, saying that he did win that fight. And the UFC granted him that title fight because I, I truly believe Jose deserves it. You know, uh, really, really excited for that fight as well to see if, you know, the King of Rio, Jose, still has them because... He's not an old fighter at all. You know, Jose has dominated for a long time. That's what we fail to realize. He's not a very old guy. And the fact that he's fighting at 35 is crazy. You know, the fact that he's cutting their weight is crazy. But I believe that he presents a, a very solid challenge for for Henry. Um, would like to see what's up with the heavyweight division as well, man. Not sure if we are getting DC and uh, DC and Stipe again, but... I hope that we get some some type of news soon. But, man, I want to thank y'all for tuning in with me uh, one more time. Top Notch Sports, best podcast around, man. You guys know it. Like I said, man, let me know what you guys like and don't like. Let me know what you want added into the show. I promise soon that uh, it just won't be recordings, man. It just won't be recordings. I want to get videos in, you know. I see... The Knuckleheads podcast with Q Rich and D Miles, and then All the Smoke with um, Stack and Matt Barnes. You know, I want to bring you guys some some videos as well because I will be posting them on my YouTube. Uh, if you're not, you know, if you're not familiar with my YouTube, same name, Top Notch Sports. I have a picture of Floyd, of, of young Floyd Mayweather, Pretty Boy Floyd. You can catch my old videos from like you know last summer, things like that. I do, I do want to bring you guys videos again. Just give me a little time, you know. Uh, but I promise I will be doing that uh, soon. I want to thank y'all for tuning in, man. Let me know what y'all like, don't like, what y'all want added in. God bless y'all, man. Thank y'all for supporting me. I hope y'all have a great, great week. Be blessed. Keep And remember, keep God first, man. Thank y'all for tuning in.